Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Believe in the Jaguars podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire. Jay, good to be back with you here again this week, although we're coming off uh, the team's eighth straight loss. However, the team performed much better than we expected them to. Yeah, they did, man. Um, You know, I saw a lot of people kind of confused on Twitter in the third and fourth quarter. Like, do I want the team to actually beat the Packers and so on and so forth? Like, they were legit confused. And, And I mean, like, the mindset I took on was like, you know, hey, yeah, keep it competitive to the third quarter. Just screw it up in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just how I've taken on every game at this point since we've been in the Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields sweepstakes. So uh, here we are, man. They put up a good fight against the Green Bay Packers again, man. Just continuing the trend that we've talked about week after week. Well, at least since week seven or since that Chargers game, they've been competitive. They made it interesting. At the same time, you know, now there is this growing concern in the fan base uh, that basically the Jaguars are making it competitive enough to for Dave Caldwell or perhaps Doug Marone to keep their job, which is another story for another time. Uh, for me personally, even if it's uh, a bunch of close losses and the Jaguars only win one game, I personally feel like you still lost five more games than you did last year. There's still losses and that's five more losses than last year. So um, I'm I'm not necessarily concerned about them being competitive games, but in the back of my mind, there is a little bit of concern at the same time. Again, that's another story for another time. We could say that for like a December podcast, if you will. But yeah, in terms of me, I'm glad to be back, man. I'm glad to talk some football and break down this game, which was quite intriguing. Absolutely. We're going to do that over the next uh, half hour or so. Uh, But before we do that, I want to remind you guys and thank you actually first and foremost for all of you that have gone over to Apple podcast and left that five star review. Please, guys, if you are enjoying the show, that is one of the best ways you can do that, along with subscribing on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, along with listening on Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and tune in. You can, of course, find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast as part of the awesome Believe Library. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And you can find Jay over at SportsGrind underscore Dawn. Before we get started, guys, we want to give a shout out to this week's sponsor. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Jay, the NFL season is in full swing. And while we may not be at the game this year, we can still be in on the action at bet online i talk each and every single week about the prop bets jay this week one of the interesting things they have going on as far as discussion is where is russell westbrook going to end up jay you know you and i of course are following the nba as well uh it'll be really interesting to see where that uh, where that leads you know we got the nba draft coming up right now the favorite for russ is the new york knicks uh trailing right behind him is the orlando magic i think it'd be really interesting if he ended up either one of those places from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yo, for the sake of Russ going to the Magic, bro. That will give us an opportunity to routinely go and watch in person when COVID is over uh, a Hall of Famer. 
Like I just thought about that. I, I didn't really think about it, but he's a dude that I've always wanted to see play in person. Although, you know, he has his critics and his haters, but I, I don't think I'm one of them. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up his critics and haters because I don't think anyone is louder than your nephew, Boogie. <laughs> Let's give him a special shout out. I don't think there's anybody that dislikes Russell Westbrook more than him. <laughs> <laughs> shout outs to Boogie, man. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely is a big, Russell Westbrook hater, man. I don't know what's going on there, man. I, I don't know if Russell beat his team or whatever the case may be, but the hate is strong there. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I would like, like to set up uh, Russ just dunking on him, and then maybe he'll feel a little bit differently. But again, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't think he'd be happy with any of these odds. And I'm just going to point out the other ones. Uh, Knicks, Magic, Pistons, Hornets are the top four. With the Bucks also in the top five, that would be really interesting. I don't think that would work at all with Russell Westbrook and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and also the Bucks trading for uh, Drew Holiday earlier today. So that's probably not going to happen. But let's get into football here, Jay. Uh, again, as we mentioned, the Jacksonville Jaguars fell to the Green Bay Packers twenty-four to twenty at Historic Lambeau, but they did so in relatively impressive fashion. Uh, as far as the young guys, as well as special teams, looking really, really good. Now, offensively, Jake Luton kind of fell back to earth here, uh, 18 of 35, 169 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Now, the the rain, the elements definitely did not help him very much, uh, but it's pretty poor outing for him. Uh, again, continuing to impress, and honestly, I think has warranted at least some conversation in terms of the rookie of the year in terms of offensively he's not going to win because a quarterback is probably going to win that award uh, but 23 carries 109 yards for our guy james robinson keelan cole looked great five catches 47 yards as well as a touchdown and he had that stellar punt return as well that kept the team in it very very early on dj chark four catches 56 yards chris Connolly four for 43 uh, again jay offensively there were times where they looked better than the Green Bay Packers. And I don't know if it's really more of a testament to Green Bay playing down to their competition or Jacksonville, you know, just stepping it up. Which one do you think it was more of? Well, I mean, like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I kind of like Todd Wash's game plan, uh, especially early. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were moving guys around. They had, like, three guys standing up on in the trenches at one point in time. It was like, where, uh, who is this calling the plays, and where did Todd Wash go for a little bit? You know, like, the, the game plan actually was, uh, dare I say, impressive on his part. Um, and they, I mean, like, I know we'll talk about the defense later, but, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a case of Green Bay playing down to their competition. But, I mean, like, holding them to what three consecutive punts early it's uh you know for this defense that you know has been very poor at times up until the texans game that's an impressive feat and that's a that's a thing to give you some momentum and some confidence heading forward hopefully not too much confidence because we need them to be in justin fields and trevor lawrence range but yeah i, I think you know it could be a mixture of both, but, you know, I'll just actually say, like, you know, give kudos to Todd Wash for what he was able to do against a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Jay, we'll get to defense here in just a moment, but also the first time all year that Green Bay had not scored on their first drive. Jacksonville did that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll save the defensive talk here uh, in, in just a moment. Also, I think it helped a lot, of course, that uh, Chase McLa uh, McLaughlin, I believe is how you pronounce it, he, he, he went two for two. 
uh, from field goal range, 52 yarder as well early on. So I think that helped a lot because they've had that rotating door at kicker and to have a little bit of stability, especially in those elements, I think meant a lot. Yeah, if I can recall now, and this may have been as a practice squad player, but I think Chase entered the league with the Minnesota Vikings. So he's accustomed somewhat, you know, it might have been for a brief time to that division and maybe even, dare I say, accustomed to those conditions. You know, like I'm sure he's practiced in some pretty gusty conditions up there in Minnesota. So, like, I found that interesting when we first got him. I was like, okay, we got a guy that spent some time in uh, various places up north. I forget the other places he may have spent. So, yeah, you, you have this guy and actually correction on that. He actually entered the league with the Buffalo Bills. but. Yeah, he's been up north where sometimes the conditions aren't the best in uh, in the winter, especially. But uh, Buffalo, Minnesota, he spent time with uh, he's also spent time with the Colts, was with Minnesota a little bit, too. Now, some of these stints were as a practice squad player. So this is like really now that I look at it, this is really the first time he's uh, played for a team down south. But, uh, yeah, like sometimes that can help a kicker. And then, you know, you add in the fact that. Uh, he kicked at he's from uh, Illinois is the college he went to. So, you know, this isn't his first uh, go around with uh, the conditions that you deal with, the wintry conditions that you see in Lambeau Field, albeit, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Syracuse or Illinois. No, no, Syracuse plays in the Dome. Illinois don't. So, yeah, he's he's probably he's pretty much uh, accustomed to the conditions he saw there, albeit, you know, his stats don't necessarily say it in terms of his overall stats, but. Look, you know, he's got a great special teams guy and Joe DiCamillis to learn for, from for the rest of the year. Joe DiCamillis is a guy that has um, been highly praised as a special teams coach. And, uh, you know, Josh Lambeau isn't coming back, so he, he'll have the rest of the year to learn under him and, and probably uh, maybe even make a name for himself. Yeah, Jay. And then for, uh, you know, a second straight game, they really seem to lean on James Robinson. Uh, of course, as I mentioned, he finished with 109 yards rushing and, and just another 100 yard rushing game had two touchdowns taken away from him, which ultimately probably cost them the game. But Jay, I mean, it, honestly, I don't get tired of talking about him. I'm sure you don't either. So James Robinson, what is he just continuing to do? And what do you think about the statement that I made earlier in terms of him at least getting a little bit of a look for rookie of the year? Yeah, I've long felt that he should get a, a look for rookie of the year. I started feeling that way towards like week four. I think that was what the Bengals or whatever the case may be. Uh, but yeah, man, the kid is just phenomenal. Like all of the things we saw on film is transferring. Like I said, when we first watched him, I didn't care that he didn't blaze past people like Maurice Jones drew and didn't have four, three speed. What can you do in terms of getting me four to eight yards of carry, which is what that young man specialized at uh, up north in uh, it was Illinois State, if I can recall. And, you know, it's transferring, you know, and he's looking, you know, like a in terms of what he's doing as an undrafted guy. He's looking like Philip Lindsay, you know, like that was the last guy I think we can recall that was a running back that kind of. Uh, just blew up that was undrafted, if I'm not mistaken. It may have been another undrafted guy come in before that, but Philip Lindsay is the one that come to mind in terms of, uh, you know, their backgrounds and, and being undrafted and whatnot. And then in terms of just the offense as a whole, yeah, like you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, this game pretty much can be pinned on Jake Luton uh, in terms of his performance. But, you know, like I don't think many of us are surprised when you look at the conditions that was there. The wind was, what, 25 miles an hour or something like that I read on um, AccuWeather. With that being the case, like, nobody was expecting him to go there and light it up and whatnot. But 
you know, he got his first touchdown in, in the, well, in this game in the third quarter, you know, you can't go a whole half scoreless as a quarterback, you know, that's especially going against Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball. So, I mean, in a nutshell, that's what this boiled down to. And I mean, when you look at it, really the, the chance that he did get the score in terms of the touchdown, he was helped out by the defense and CJ Henderson. We'll talk about that later in the turnover that they caused, uh, but that set him up in good position. And I mean, yeah, you can give them kudos for taking advantage of that because sometimes we've seen in the past quarterbacks can't, but uh, yeah, but that's what it pins down to. You know, when you're going against Aaron Rodgers, you know, one touchdown isn't going to cut it. Uh, you know, he had a pick that led to three points in terms of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but look, you know, if there was anything that could salvage this offensive performance from being very poor, as you said, uh, it was definitely James Robinson. It was Keelan Cole showing up and, and continuing to show that they need to pay him next year. And I mean, with arguably what they looking at 100 million in salary cap next year, it'll probably be lower than that because of the COVID deductions that you're going to have to take out of that. But look, they can maybe keep Keelan Cole, man. So I'm I'm hoping it happens. Uh, you get a guy like B enemy. That's another story for another time that just believes in a surplus of receivers. Maybe he bangs the table for Keelan Cole. We'll see. That's a time will tell thing. But he was the star of the game, in my opinion. And he is a guy uh, that, you know, I want to see how he finishes this season because he's looking at um, eclipsing his career high, which he put up in his rookie year. Yeah, Jay, I'm glad you brought up Philip Lindsay just last week as far as James Robinson goes. James Robinson did surpass Philip Lindsay for the most scrimmage yards by an undrafted rookie through the first nine weeks of a season. Uh, so, yeah, he's putting up historic numbers and, uh, you know, knock on wood, barring any kind of injury, we're continuing to expect him to do so, uh, which leads us to the offensive game ball, Jay. You know, we've been we've made it a habit of giving it to James Robinson because he's just been so damn good, but we are going to switch it up this week. So Jay, if you want to cue it up, who is our offensive player of the week and, and a game, the game ball recipient for the Jags Packers. <laughs> so of course we're going with Keelan Cole, baby. I've been trying to make that a thing and you can ask Jay. I've been trying for three years to make Keelan Cole, baby, a thing, but I don't think enough people watch wrestling and the Jaguars, so uh, unfortunately has fallen on deaf ears. But uh, Jay, you know, you just mentioned it. They got to pay this guy. He's continuing to make the case to stick around. I want to throw out a couple stats here before you add on anything about Keelan. So with his fourth touchdown catch of the season, which is a single season career high for him, he joined Alan Hearns as the only undrafted players in franchise history to have four plus receiving touchdowns through week 10 in a season. He is also now the 15th player in franchise history to surpass 2000 career receiving yards and just the second undrafted player to achieve that feat. And, you know, some people might say, well, the team hasn't been around for that long, but look at the receivers that have been on that list, Jay, in terms of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, you're looking at Jimmy Keenan, Allen Robinson, the list just goes on and on. And now Keelan Cole finds himself on that prestigious list. So we had to give the game ball to him. Of course, he had the the five catches and the touchdown, but also just the tremendous kick return. And, and man, he just continues to go out there and perform every single week, no matter the conditions. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like this, when you when we make the argument to sign or re-sign Keelan Cole, it's deeper than a, a wide receiver thing. As we saw, the young man can offer things on special teams as well. And that's important. And again, you know, if you get a guy like, you know, I don't want to keep saying this, but you get a guy like Bienemy who is coming from that Chiefs tree where they believe in speed, where they believe in receivers that can play special teams and stuff, you know, like 
the, the case is already made to keep him and then the salary cap is there. So, you know, time will tell what will happen on in terms of that. But yeah, I mean, like you, you look at a guy that, you know, he, he is versatile as all get out. And then, you know, another key element to take into account here is the health at receiver. Uh, LaVisca Chenault's history in terms of being healthy hasn't been as strong as albeit he's played in all of the games except for one, which was, you know, Sunday, obviously. So that's good for him. But you have to take into account that the injuries some of these guys have had and when Keelan Cole has had to be, be called on to step into the forefront uh, when Chark was down or whatever the case may be, when LaVisca was down in the last week against the Packers, he's come, he's stepped up and he's helped in a variety of ways, as we saw against Green Bay. And uh, yeah, for that reason, man, the case just gets stronger for him to uh, be kept and retained. And if he eclipses his season high from his rookie season, you know, he's made an even stronger case to do so. So, yeah, no problems at all with you giving the ball to Keelan Cole because uh, that young man deserves it. And I hope he's a Jaguar for many years to come. What's up, Jags fans? My name is Jacob DeLawrence. Some of you may recognize this voice from back in the day with the Jaguars Den podcast, but I am coming to you right here in the middle of your Believe in the Jaguars podcast to simply let you know that, hey, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, feel free to check out the Believe in NXT podcast hosted by yours truly, Jacob DeLawrence, and my co-host, Mr. Cedric Welton. Yeah, so if you like wrestling, make sure you tap in. We got all the gems for you. If you like Minshew Magic, you're going to love what you hear over here. Come for the sidebars, stay for the wrestling. Exactly. That's right there on the Believe in XT podcast. We're available. Same place that you got the Believe in Jaguars podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, Google Play, have podcasts, we'll travel. Appreciate you guys for checking us. Now we're going to get you right back to that Jaguar talk. 100%. So shout out to Keelan Cole for just continuing to work hard. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned, make the case to stick around for the long term. Let's look at the defensive side of things here, Jay, because, you know, as you alluded to in the in the beginning, they seem to be dialing up some things that were working between the blitz packages and the disguises and all that kind of stuff. Now, granted, you know, when you look at the numbers at Aaron Rodgers, 24 or 34, 325, two touchdowns and an interception. You know, that's just kind of an Aaron Rodgers thing. You know, you're only going to be able to hold him down for so long, but they were making some really solid plays. Now, of course, he had the uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling play uh, where he seemed to get an extra block from the referee, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. And that's what you mentioned, you know, Sidney Jones had did, had given up that interception, but he more than made up for it throughout the rest of the game. Uh, even C.J. Henderson, you know, even there was the, the moment where he did get beat by Devontae Adams, but then forced the fumble. I mean, that's just you love seeing that out of your young guys, honestly, just continuing to play hard. And he's had a little bit of uh, uh, at least as far as the fan base is, con- you know, concerned. Some of them feel like he's a little disinterested. You definitely didn't see that this week because or this past week because uh, he was out there tackling. As I mentioned, he was out there forcing the fumble. He looked great. And then our guy, Devon Hamilton, Jay, just continuing to look good each and every single week between James Robinson and Devon Hamilton, man. I feel like we, we definitely got the the Hamilton and, and Robinson hive going with both of those players early on. And, uh, you know, they, they looked really solid. Now, of course, ultimately uh, they just, uh, they came up a little short off on the offensive side, but I mean, they held Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 46 yards, eight carries for 30 yards for Jamal Williams. And, you know, the, whatever defense that they dialed up for on, on Todd Wash's end, it, it seemed to work pretty well against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. 
Yeah, surprisingly, it's so much to unpack there. Um, and so much to unpack for a change in a good way. Normally, we got a lot to unpack in terms of like a slew of guys just looking bad, right? But it was a little different this time. I mean, first and foremost, when you look at this defense, man, holding the Packers to 24 points, you're supposed to win that game. You know what I'm saying? The defense, you cannot pin that on them because when you look at it, I did the research, that was the third lowest total that the Packers have had this year. I mean, and they've dropped 40 on people like twice. They draw uh, drop like 30 on people like three or two times. So it's nothing for this team to put up 30 points, even though, you know, like you said, they have this tendency to start slow and play to their competition. They really turn it up a notch in the second half. And they didn't really turn it up a notch on the Jacksonville Jaguars like they should have, or at least on a top watch defense like they should have. So third lowest total uh, um, that they've registered on the year. Can't complain about that. That's why I was saying earlier, this falls on the D, uh, the offense and Jake Luton. And then you also take into account, you got two James Robinson touchdowns that were taken away because A.J. Can was holding and somebody else got caught uh, for a penalty as well that brought one back for him. I forgot who it was, but, you know, you left touchdowns on the field, so on and so forth in terms of the offense. Uh, so, you know, you can't blame the defense at uh, at at any capacity for this. I mean, yeah, they gave up big plays. Yeah, sure. You, I mean, you can always critique a defense against uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers because, I mean, they're just that good. So, yeah, there were plays that they gave up big plays. Uh, you you mentioned the Scantley play and, and so on and so forth. And then um, also with Henderson, uh, what I liked about him, not only just the hustle, as you mentioned, catching up to Devontae Adams from behind because he was – carrying the ball very loosely. And that's something that, you know, Henderson took into account. Uh, but he played physical as well, man. Like, you know, it was a time where I saw him come up just behind um, Devontae Adams and just like straight up flatten him. Like he he came to play. And you can tell that he realized who was in front of him, um, how big of a deal Devontae Adams is. And, you know, we're Devontae Adams fans here. Uh, I got articles on the sports grind daily days or even the inside edge sports days of where I was like just praising this guy and like just begging the Jags to get him in. We wanted we wanted to pair him with Derek Carr for years to come. Yep. Keep the uh the Fresno State thing going, you know, like but it didn't happen. Um I mean you know Green Bay in their credit, they do have a knack for uh finding receivers. I mean it does help when you have Aaron Rodgers, but you know they've never been in, you know, they've never struggled to find receivers. They're kind of like the Jags in that aspect, if you will. Um, but they actually have a quarterback that can get the ball to them. So, yeah, man, like in terms of uh, the others, you know, it was some others um, that stood out. Daniel Thomas, the rookie, got the start for Josh Jones, you know, and it wasn't perfect. You know, he's a rookie from the fifth round. You know, he, he's getting acclimated. It was his first, I guess you could say first or second start. Uh, but he continues to show up, man. He's a heat-seeking missile and uh, you know, what him and Gerard Wilson paired together could the Jaguars could be on to something. I, I came into this season thinking the Jaguars needed probably two safeties. And as the weeks go by, I'm starting to think like they may have two good safeties. Gerard Wilson is the fifth highest graded uh, safety on PFF. Uh, and Daniel Thomas shows in shows up week in and week out. And then he helps you on special teams as well. So. That was one key uh, takeaway I want to take from the secondary shout outs to, you know, how, how they performed in general, you know, in, in terms of their performance. And then, like you said, Devon Hamilton, uh, just a destroyer of men. Uh, this guy's going to be around for a long time, um, you know, like and 
as Jags fans, uh, it's, it's kind of neat because we had Big Stroud and Big Henderson. And then you see what this young man could be. Uh, he can be of that mold. You know, I, we, he's not there yet, of course, but he could be of that mold and uh, continues regardless of the offensive lines uh, to, you know, have his way with offensive lines. And I mean, look, the Packers had the best graded center, by the way, in uh, on, according to pro football Focus's uh, grades. And I forget his name. I'll look that up later. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't going against any slouches down there in the uh, trenches. And then Adam Gotsis, he showed up as well. So, you know, it's just a variety of guys that showed up that you could really go on and on and praise. But, I um, mean, kudos to the defense on this one. Uh, kudos to what Todd Watch was able to di uh, dial up. Not saying this should save his job or anything like that. But <laughs> it was definitely a nice performance to watch unfold because we've been seeing them get 30 dropped on them routinely and just get beat deep all game. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to remember who had tweeted it out in terms of, you know, Sidney Jones, but, uh, you know, just pointing out that between him and C.J. Henderson and, uh, you know, as you mentioned, um, Daniel Thomas and Josh Jones, I mean, they might have something here, Jay, in terms of this this secondary man uh, and for, for years to come. And it, it's it's showing that. They don't necessarily, and this is one of the things that, of that tweet as well. I wish I could remember who said it, but um, just further solidifying the fact that they may not have to go secondary in the first round, which is going to, which would be huge. That would allow them to uh, to focus somewhere else with that second pick. You know that that a lot of people have been wondering if they go DB uh, or safety later on in the first round. But now with just the way that these guys are performing, I mean, heck, like you said, they may they may be onto something here. Lots of really, really good things. And, you know, I, I think a lot of fans are just happy with them being competitive. And these last three weeks have proven that they have the ability to do that. So, uh, um, Jay, anything else you want to tack on before we give out the defensive game ball? And then I want to talk about uh, the poll that we put out a couple of weeks ago in terms of the quarterbacks. Yeah, I think you meant um, Gerard Wilson. You, you mentioned Josh Jones. Broadway. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, right. um, yeah. But yeah, I, I forgot to even talk on Sidney Jones. But I mean, I, I said so much in that first blurb. I won't really uh, harp on him. But yeah, man, Sidney Jones, you know, me and you have praised him too on the podcast a few weeks ago. We always said the thing was, would, would a change of scenery help him in terms of, um, you know, him being a little bit healthier and so on and so forth? He's been healthy. He's in a scheme that works for him. And, you know, I mean, Todd Wash's scheme isn't all that, you know, complicated so he's in something that works for him and uh you know like he, again like he fall he's falling into that keelan cole and cam robinson category where you got to look at him next year and look at all the salary cap they got and say like uh you probably need to keep this dude especially uh if you don't want to make any more holes uh when you're going to be bringing in potentially a rookie quarterback so yeah that's all i wanted to add yeah, guys, and as you can probably tell, the defensive game ball is going to go to Sidney Jones. Uh, again, we probably could have given it to a few different people, uh, Devon Hamilton, uh, CJ Henderson for his role. But uh, Sidney Jones, again, just continuing to ball out and um, be really quickly becoming uh, a fan favorite here in, in Jacksonville and deservedly so. So excited to see. Uh, what's next for him but uh, again ultimately the Jags fall to one and eight and they will host the Pittsburgh Steelers next week and of course we'll get into Steelers coverage here either with an episode later on this week or of course over 
on the Jaguars wire. Uh, but Jay, you know, that's pretty much it in terms of the box score and looking how things went as far as the game. Uh, before we wrap up this week, though, I want to talk about the poll we put out in the beginning of November. So it's about a, a little bit over a week ago. And the question that we put out on Twitter is, does anyone feel like just one of the quarterbacks on the current roster may be on it next season if the Jaguars draft a quarterback in round one? If so, who do you think it will be? And the options we put out there were Gardner Minshew, Jake Luton, and Mike Glennon. And the results didn't surprise me too much, to be honest with you. Gardner Minshew led the way 51%, Jake Luton 45%, and then Mike Glennon at 4%. So shout out to the 4% of you that, that voted for Mike Glennon. Uh, but Jay, what did you think about these results? Uh, I think Minshew is going to have kind of a hold on this city for a long time. And I, and I understand why I totally get it. Uh, but you and I have talked about, you know, the possibility of Mark Minshew maybe having some trade value in next year's draft. But what did you think about these results when we got them? Yeah, I wasn't shocked because, you know, of the love people have for Minshew. Like, like I said last week, my big concern with that is just like, oftentimes, like when you see somebody that's garnered the amount of starts that uh, they have for a team, Typically, that team, if that that person goes to the backup role, doesn't keep them, you know, like whether that's uh, because there's trade interest or whatever the case may be. So, you know, like what the body of work that Minshew has put together uh, could work against him remaining a Jaguar if the Jaguars actually got a quarterback in the first round, uh, because that'll entice other teams to, you know, call in and say, hey, we want that guy and so on and so forth. And then, you know, not only that, like, you know, a lot of teams will look at it as like, hey, you also got Jake Luton, who got some experience last year and didn't look terrible for a six round pick. So I don't know. It's one of those time will tell type of things. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you ask me personally, I would say Luton right now because Minshew probably has helped himself in terms of trade stock. Yeah, there are definitely some limitations to Jake Luton's game. But one of them isn't arm strength. I mean, you saw that touchdown he fit in there to Keelan Cole. And I saw this debate going on, and it wasn't even necessarily a debate, but people were pointing it out on Twitter. Gardner Minshew does not make that throw. Um, so I, I think at least we will have an opportunity to see him for a few more games. Uh, Gardner Minshew will not be ready to go for Pittsburgh. And I mean, honestly, if you are one in 10, one in 11, by the time Gardner Minshew comes back, I feel like you've already seen what you need to out of him. You probably just roll the dice and go forward with Jake Luton for the remainder of the season um, in, in my in my eyes. But I don't know. You're also looking at what might be a lame duck coaching staff. I don't know how that goes. Yeah, I was just about to say that, you know, like at this point, if they keep losing, Doug Marone's going to be grasping at straws for, you know, trying to get something going on offense. Like you might even hear Mike Glennon come up in the conversation if they keep losing, you know, like because def desperate times calls for uh, desperate measures. But um, I think, you know, I guess it will just have to see, man. I think if Luton has a good game against this Pittsburgh Steelers, a defense or a decent game and then you look at what he did against the Houston Texans you know and you look at what he did aside from playing in bad weather conditions and, and Lambo and playing against Aaron Rodgers um if you know if his body of work aside from that game I guess you could say is pretty solid or serviceable and then you you know like you said like what it comes down to too is coaches are enamored with 
the prototypical height, weight, and speed and arm strength. You know, that's what scouts loves. That that's what coach uh, coaches love. And you know, for that reason, you know, he could have an edge over Gardner Minshew. Uh, but the play does have to be better than we saw against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it's not going to get any easier for Luton. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, we got Pittsburgh coming in. Uh, then you do have the Cleveland Browns, who, yes, they've been all over this year, but they got playmakers on that defense. Uh, then you get Minnesota, Tennessee, and Baltimore. So not sure how much longer he is going to be playing, but he'll certainly have his work cut out for him. Uh, but, Jay, that's pretty much it for this post-game episode this week. Uh, we will, of course, do our best to get a preview for the Pittsburgh Steelers game coming up this weekend. Uh, but that being said, Jay, what else can they look forward to? I, I know we're not going to, of course, announce who it is, but we are working on a really big guest, uh, hopefully here within the next couple of weeks that you guys should very much be looking forward to. Uh, but other than that, what do they have to look forward to over on the Jaguars wire? And of course, right here on the Believe in the Jags. Yeah, um, I, I joined the guys over at uh, Steelers Takeaways this morning, so I'll put that up on the site. Um, shout outs to them and thanks for having me. Uh, shout outs to Ron. It was that uh, gave me the call and hit me up. So, you know, I basically gave a little preview of what they expect for Jags and uh, Steelers. You know, little my thoughts on looting the weaknesses of the defense, uh, the strengths of the defense, so on and so forth. And uh, of course, you know, we'll continue our content on uh, the Jaguars wire uh, with it being Tuesday. I might be able to get Tuesday night to be exact, be able to get up more on the Packers game in terms of standouts and all of that. Might look at some PFF grades and point out some guys that were standouts from that aspect. Then on Wednesday, of course, as we always do, we'll start moving to the Steelers, looking at them, previewing them. I'll also do a behind uh, enemy lines with the Steelers wire. Shout outs to Kurt Pope Joy, who is their editor over there. He does great work. He's one of the better editors that we have so we'll uh do that with him post that so you'll you guys will have some content in terms of uh you know my thoughts on the Steelers game on the site and his thoughts as well and uh we'll have some audio content as well as I mentioned too so plenty to come on the Jaguars wire uh just stay tuned and uh yeah we appreciate the support absolutely folks last thing I want to touch on uh you know we're none of us are uh, immune to what's going on right now. Cases are on the rise. They're spiking all over the place. Just please be careful. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. More importantly, wear your mask. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about going back into lockdown, um, but that's because we didn't necessarily do things the right the first time around. So, again, just wear your mask and be safe while you're out there. Limit your outings to wherever it is that you guys have been going. And uh, that way we can get back to normal, man. I, I want to go watch. I want to go to concerts. I want to go watch this sporting events and all this stuff, guys. So, uh, you know, just keep that in mind going forward. But again, if you have been enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review along with a follow. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that subscribe button and also listen to us on Stitcher, Luminary, tune in wherever you're listening to your podcast. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find me at Phil the Filipino and Jay over at SportsGrind underscore Don. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the Believe in the Jaguars podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe. Do you? We'll see you next week, guys.